All right. Y'all stop being nice. Who in here is excited that it's cold outside? Yeah, those are my people. Those are the Christians. Okay. Uh, I'm excited. I'm wearing this sweatshirt, by the way. I, I look a little comfy. We're going to have these available next week, so I figured I would rock it today. Uh, we're going to have some merch out in the foyer next Sunday. Y'all, I got up at, at early this morning. And I walked outside. It was like 5.30 a.m. That's what time the Lord is up. And, and, uh, and it was 45 degrees outside, and I said, God, you are good and you are faithful. Can somebody say amen, okay? I love it. This is the time of year. I just look forward to it. It's officially flannel season, baby. Somebody say amen. Uh, I love flannel. I've been wearing flannels for the last two months. Kendra was like, babe, it's 102 outside. Like, it's 98 degrees, and you got a flannel on. Hot chocolate, anybody? Bonfires and, and wool socks. I think we're in a burn band, so y'all don't get too crazy. Uh, pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin pies, pumpkin pumpkins, pumpkin carvings, okay? Pumpkin patches, ice cream, you scream, we all scream for pumpkins. I, I don't know, okay? It's, it's a good shot. Uh, I, I read this morning on, on Google, which I don't know if it's true, but people make and eat pumpkin chili. Anybody eat pumpkin chili? We're going to intercede for them today. Um, one of our worship team members, she said that she would eat it if she was presented with it. So we're going to have her at the altar later um, at service. So I'm a simple man. I like black coffee, okay? Uh, nothing in it. It doesn't need nothing. I'm not going to shame anyone who drinks uh, just sugar and cream, okay? But uh, this is a safe place for you this morning. If you've got your Bible, you can open up to Acts chapter 4. Uh, or in your cell phones. We're going to have it uh, on the screens as well. And, and I always say this, if you need a Bible, if you want a Bible, it is our honor and our privilege to be able to bless you with one. Uh, we try to keep them in stock. You can have one for free at the Welcome Center. Um, they're not technically for free because somebody paid for it, but it is a blessing for you. And we want you to be able to have those, get them for your family. Um, we love the Word of God. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 4 today. And uh, so far, just kind of recap where we've been. Uh, are y'all enjoying the book of Acts? It's really good. I told you last week, it's like, you, it's like a cup of caffeine. You don't need a coffee after you read Acts in the morning. Uh, so, so far, we've talked about waiting on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, and Peter preaches, and, and, and he says, repent and be baptized. And we see 3,000 people uh, become followers of Jesus. And then uh, at Life Group launch several uh, weeks ago, we, we talked about Acts chapter 2. And by the way, it is not too late to get into a group. Uh, we believe as a church that we are committed to community and life is better together. Amen. And so you can still do that. Um, if you're interested in doing that, you can text FAY to 88,000. You can get it in a group that way. Or you could just talk to a human here today. We, we uh, encourage that. Uh, but they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles to the fellowship of the believers, the breaking of bread in prayer. Um, and, and they met in the temple courts daily and met in their homes. And in Acts 3, the last couple weeks, we talked about the lame beggar who sat outside of the temple gate called Beautiful. And Peter and John are walking onto the scene just to kind of recap where we've been, make sure we're on the same page this morning. Uh, this guy's asking for money, and Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he reaches out his right hand and he grabs this man and pulls him to his feet. And he's filled with amazement. He gets up and 
I imagine he's kind of doing like the hokey pokey, okay? He's like dancing. He, he's kind of, he, he's, he's like, man, I've never carried my own weight before. And, and he gets up and, and everyone is watching this go down. And then he goes into the temple courts with Peter and John. He, it says that he is clinging to them. They continue to share about the name of Jesus that heals. And Peter and John get thrown into jail, okay? But they didn't see it as a curse. They saw it as a what? A blessing. Because opposition is actually an opportunity, is what we talked about last week. 2,000 people get saved because of what God has done. Now there's 5,000-ish people following Jesus. Jesus had ascended into heaven. This is the early church, and Peter and John are on a mission preaching the gospel. The religious leaders at the Sanhedrin began to question them. By what power and what name have you done this? And they say, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, by the way, but God raised him from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is where salvation is found. I'm just recapping last week, and it picks up in verse 13. This is kind of where we bookmarked last week. They saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized, this is really good news, by the way, that they were unschooled. Somebody say amen, okay? They were ordinary. That should really encourage you men. And they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. And so they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. And, and they said, what are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they've performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. We can't disprove it, but we fail to admit that God is the one doing all of this miraculous things. But to stop this thing from spreading any further, the people to, among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name, the name of Jesus. And they called them in again and commanded them not to speak and not to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you, which is a man, or to listen to him, who is God? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help but speaking about what we've seen and what we've heard, and, and after further threats, they let them go. And they could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what happened. And we, we talked about last week, as the church grows, so does opposition. As the believer and the follower of Christ grows, so does opposition. Opposition is a promise. Opposition is an opportunity, and it is fuel for your faith, if you will let it be. And then we talked about the fact that we are to preach the gospel and that we are to use words when necessary, that people should see our lives, see the way we love and serve and see something different about us. And I asked you last week to end, can people tell that you have been with Jesus? And then we pick up right here in chapter four, verse 23, Peter and John are reunited with the other believers. And actually the title of today's message, just for, for fun, it's reunited and it feels so good, okay? Reunited and it feels so good. I don't know the rest. Reunited because we understood. That's like the 70s, right? Is, that much, is this right? Uh, peaches and herb. All right, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, it's Sunday. Turn to him, I'm watching. Turn, say, it's Sunday. We're reunited and it feels so good, okay? 
Tell your other neighbor that you ignored, I'm glad you're here too, okay? <laughs> Verse 23 in chapter 4 is where we pick up. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people, and they reported all, circle that, all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. They reported all. This is, there's a lot to catch these people up on. These two men had just seen some crazy stuff. They, they had faced some opposition. They saw a man get healed by the power of the name of Jesus. A lot had happened. I just imagine, y'all, I like to get a visual reading the, the Bible. And Peter and John come running up. They're, they're smiling ear to ear, and they're out of breath. And, and their eyes are literally bugging out of their heads. Their heart is beating so fast. I bet they were so amped up. I bet they were like chest bumping on the way. Can you believe we just saw that? You know, like just freaking out. And, and, and I'm sure the other Christians there like that were like receiving them, waiting for them. I'm sure that they were like, guys, calm down, right? Like, like what are y'all so excited about? And then they take, a, they take a breath and they begin to share what God had done. Y'all, y'all, we saw some wild stuff. Peter and John are probably like, you will not believe what just happened before our eyes. Y'all, by the power of the name of Jesus, God used us to heal a man. He is walking, and this dude has never walked before. Are y'all tracking with me? This is crazy stuff. We can't just breeze past this. This guy has never stood to his feet. He is running laps around the Sanhedrin. 2,000 people saw it and got saved. It's crazy. We went to the temple at the hour of prayer, which was 3 p.m., and actually learned this last week. I, I wish I would have told you this uh, a couple weeks ago, that the hour of prayer was 3 p.m. Right before you gather for prayer in those days, they, they gathered, at, I think it was around 2.30, for a time of sacrifice. And what's very interesting is that Peter and John were late for church. And I was meeting with one of my mentors, and I was talking with him. I was like, I wish you would have told me this before the message. I would have titled the message, it's okay to be late for church. Okay, but then y'all would have really taken that and ran with it. And so we didn't do it. They were late for church. They got there at three because they knew they didn't need to make animal sacrifices anymore. Because the sacrifice had been made. And he's the perfect lamb. Without spot or blemish, and his name is Jesus, they show up in the temple, and they're like, guys, it, it got crazy. We, we faced opposition. They, they threw us in jail, and, and things started unfolding. I, I imagine at this point, Peter and John had made up like this handshake, you know, and they were like doing this handshake, and everybody's like, what are these guys talking about? And John clears his throat, and he says, I, he says they threatened us not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And you wouldn't believe what Peter did. And I'm sure all the Christians were like, no, we've seen him do some pretty stupid stuff. You know, like, I, I, I probably believe it. This dude's cutting off ears. And, and this is what Peter did. Peter said, which is right? Listening to you or listening to God? You decide. <laughs> and I'm sure they're laughing. And they couldn't decide how to punish us. And so they let us go. Can you believe that? They, they let us go. We, we ran all the way here to, to tell you the good news today. And and after Peter and John finished telling them all that happened, after hearing all of this, we can't miss this. This is where we're going to land today. The response of the early church was prayer. The response of the early church was prayer. And, uh, you know, people would come in early when our church was planted uh, many, many years ago in Conway. We're one of many locations in Arkansas. And they would say, how is the church growing so fast? And all, how, they wanted to know, like, the secret sauce. And y'all know what the secret sauce is? Prayer. 
it's prayer. It's loving God's people. It's preaching the gospel without compromise and sharing the word of God. Obviously, all of that is true, but it is prayer. Write this down. Whether you receive the best news or the worst news, our response should always be to run to the Lord. It should always be to run to the Lord. Whether you receive the best or the worst news, our response should always be run to the Lord. Maybe it's an awful report. Run to the Lord. Maybe it's a praise report, worthy of praise. Run to him. Tell him how amazing he is. Run to him and rejoice. Run to him and repent to turn from something. Ask for guidance and, and wisdom. Anybody need some wisdom today? Turn to the Lord. Declare who he is. Declare who he's made you to be. And quote the word of God, whether we receive the best news or the worst news, we, we run to the Lord. Write this down. They prayed immediately. Peter and John shared this crazy story about what God did. And what did the church do? They prayed. This isn't like, this isn't sexy in the culture we live in today, by the way. Like, and then they prayed. Well, what else did they do? No, they prayed and they kept praying and then they kept praying. I'm gonna talk about it. They prayed immediately. Verse 24, it says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. I wanna pause and let you know their response to everything that happened, it was prayer. But write this down. Prayer is our priority. It is not our last resort. And honestly, man, I, I got really convicted even writing this down in this message. Prayer is, is our priority. It's not our last resort. This isn't always true for me. I know this isn't always true for the believer. And Oswald Chambers said this. He said, we tend to use prayer as a last resort, but God wants it to be the first line of defense. We pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. It's powerful. Many times we, we do not pray because that means that we're forfeiting our own control and we're asking God for his control and his reign, which ultimately he's in control. Spoiler alert. And we forfeit our own timing for his prayer has to be a priority in the life of the believer. And I was actually planning on speaking an entirely different message. It's funny how that works. And, and, and I, I was drawn to this one verse, and we're going to spend a lot of time here today because the response of the early church was prayer. H how difficult is it to follow a person without hearing their voice and their guidance? That's the life of a believer without prayer. We can learn a lot from the early group of believers, and I've got a practical challenge for you this week. As soon as you roll out of bed for the next seven days, I want you to write this down. As soon as you roll out of bed, I want you to pray. Can everybody say okay? I want you to pray. Simple, very simple. I want you to pray. But I want you to touch your feet to the ground, okay? There's a reason for this. Because if you don't touch your feet to the ground and pray, and you just lay there, you're like, I'm going to pray in my head you're going to end up late for work, okay? <laughs> because what happens is you're like, I'm just going to lay here and pray a little bit. And then you end up screenshotting your alarm going off on your phone because you're try trying to turn your alarm. Does he might do this, but me, like, you try to turn it off, you wake up with all these screenshots of the, the alarm snoozing. L listen, touch your feet to the ground and pray. And pray. Write this down. That They prayed immediately, then they prayed out loud. They're, this is huge. They prayed out loud. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. This is important 
And honestly, this terrifies most people. Would you just be honest with me this morning? Are you, if you're afraid of speaking in public, would you just raise your hand? My hand's up because I'm doing exactly what I'm terrified of doing, okay? Uh, it's, it's a big fear. And y'all know that two of the biggest fears in the world is, is dying and praying or speaking publicly. And I would even say to add a third one in there, it's praying in front of people. It's, it's terrifying for most people. And, and a lot of people view it as public speaking, but I, I want to kind of change the narrative because it's not a performance. It's not a contest of who can sound super spiritual. Y'all ever been around somebody who's like real super spiritual and they say all this stuff, you're like, I don't even know what they're really saying. You know, like <laughs> as a pastor, I'm around people. I'm like, I'm not really sure what just happened, but I, you know, I love God. Um, some people literally, they see their time of prayer as a time to like flex. And it's like, no, that's not it. That's actually what Jesus frowned upon. He said, don't come to me with eloquent speech. Y'all listen, this is talking to the one who knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how much sand is on the seashore. He's the one, he gave names to you, to the animals, to all of the things. He spoke the world into existence. This is the one we're communicating with. He knows you deeply. He knows your hearts. He, he gave you desires and passions and dreams. Prayer is simply this. It is talking to God. Talking to God. It's thanking him. It's, it's praising him. It's asking him for help and, and just be honest with him. So my, my challenge for you, roll out of bed seven days in a row. Hopefully it continues past seven in Jesus' name. When your feet hit the ground, pray. But don't just pray in your head. I want you to pray out loud. I want us to pray immediately and I want us to pray verbally. Think about this. Can you imagine one of your friends trying to have a conversation with you, but it sounds like the, a speech that they try to give in like ninth grade in oral calm. Anybody miss oral calm? Very sweaty moments in oral calm, okay? I encourage you from this day forward to pray out loud when you are alone, when you're with your friends, when you're with your kids, when you're with your spouse, pray and be bold and declare the things of God. People need to hear it. They, we need to hear it. Because this is the reality is you can focus on each thought you are communicating when it's not just in your head, okay? Pray out loud. Part two of the challenge is pray out loud. So pray immediately and pray out loud. If you can lay in bed in prayer, more power, pray, more power to you, that's not me. I fall asleep, okay? I gotta pray out loud and I need to pray as soon as I get up because your boy is capable of a lot of sin. All right, next thing. <laughs> They prayed immediately, they prayed out loud, and write this down, they prayed in unity. This is huge, and this is beautiful. In verse 24, it says, when they heard this, they raised their voices, what? Together, in, they, in, in prayer to God. There is something so powerful about this. The word voice, by the way, in this text, in the original text, is it's singular, meaning that it was one voice. Now, you've been in prayer meetings before, maybe, where you've heard one person pray and then, like, another person pray. Y'all, have y'all been in these before? Like, the kind of popcorn prayer, prayer. That's not what was happening here. This was one voice, and everyone gathered together was in agreement in prayer. One voice lifted up to heaven, and everybody else was in agreement in, in prayer. This is powerful. This is complete unity, complete peace, and there's no beef. Can y'all imagine being in a church? And y'all don't be, don't be faking, okay? Can y'all imagine being in a community of believers where there's no tension, there's no strife, there's no beef? We're not getting hung up on political things. 
We can come before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our our God and and our Messiah, and we can pray in unity together. Are y'all tracking with me? There's something powerful about unity because if you're not unified, I, I don't even really know if we're doing anything. God says, before you come to me and make a sacrifice, go make things right with your brother and your sister. I just want to encourage us. We we have to be unified. They prayed immediately. They prayed out loud and they prayed in unity. And and the last thing I wrote down about prayer is they they reminded themselves who they were praying to. Write this down. They they reminded themselves who they were praying to. Listen to this. When they prayed, they said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and, and the sea and you made everything in them. Listen, they were not reminding God who he was. Are y'all, everybody tracking with me? God didn't forget who he was. They were reminding themselves. Sovereign God, you made the heaven and the earth. You made the sea and dry land. They were reminding themselves why? Because from the very beginning of time, from the garden to here today, we have a hard time with remembering. Anybody else? We have a hard time remembering who God is, who we're praying to. It started from the garden, now we're here. Okay, hashtag Drake. Like, all the way from the garden to the early church to here today, the 915 service at New Life Church, we need to be reminded who we pray to. He is the Lord. He is the God, the creator of heaven and earth. It is a great time to remind yourself who God is. So often, y'all, I'll be honest with you, my prayers, they'll start kind of intimidated, like I'll, I'll kind of like a, almost like I'm cowered down to the world and, and I've got a lack of confidence. But if I can do this and remind myself, I'm gonna give you some tools. If I can remind myself who God is as I'm praying, not to sound super spiritual, but to remind me because I so often forget. Who is God? I dare you to start telling God who he is. Not to remind him, but to remind yourself. You can start off, you can say, Almighty God, there's, there's no one more powerful than you. You are the Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You are the bread of life and you sustain me. You're all that I need. You are my cornerstone, the foundation of my life. You are the creator. You are the deliverer, the one who frees me from sin in the grave. You are the foundation of living waters where I get life. You are the God of heavens and earth, the good shepherd and the giver of all good things. You are Jehovah. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. You are the judge and the king of all. God, you are my provider. You are my shelter. You are my shield and you are my refuge. And I run to you because I need your covering. You see what happened there? Oh, my heart is on fire. My heart's beating really fast right now. Because I just reminded myself the truth about who God is. I didn't come to him and say, God, I need your help today, please. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that prayer, but there's something powerful about you positioning yourself, knowing who you're praying to. Are y'all tracking with me? Understanding who God is, it's so important. They said, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and everything in them and you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord. This is their prayer against his anointed one, Jesus. 
Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, they, they, they met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. Verse 28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. I don't want you to miss this. Today is very simple. It's very simple. We have to pray immediately. We need to pray out loud, verbally. We need to pray in unity and we need to remind ourselves who we are praying to. But this is what they realized right here. They fully trusted and acknowledged that God is in control. He never left his throne. He's been in control. All of this happened under his will through everything, whether they were in prison or they had been released from prison, whether they had been beaten or they had been praised for the marvelous works that happened. When you realize that God is in control, it brings unspeakable peace to your life. It brings a confidence that you can't muster up yourself. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness. And this is where we're gonna land the plane today. Speak the word with great boldness. I was reading this text and I was like, hold up, wait a minute. They just put some Jesus in it, you know, like... <laughs> So you're telling me from Acts chapter one through four, they've only spoke with boldness, not great boldness. I read this, it jumped off the page. They've only spoke with boldness. 5,000 people get saved. A lame man is walking. All the religious leaders of this time released these men because they didn't know what to do with them. And all they had was just boldness. What about great boldness? The rest of Acts, we see what happens with great boldness. <laughs> what we're about to see is this, this holy fire rise up in these men and they begin flipping the world upside down for the sake of Jesus Christ. A, a ragtag group, this should encourage you today, of individuals, unschooled, ordinary men, jacked up, messed up from the chest up. I'm talking full of sin. And God chose them. He said, follow me, follow me. Yeah, you're just catching fish. Hey, come follow me. Tax collector, come follow me. Oh yeah, you probably killed some people. Come follow me. Like, that's who he chose. Ordinary people following Jesus, they continued to pray. And they said, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your servant, Jesus. I love this. After they prayed, the place that they were meeting was shaken. Turn to your neighbor and just kind of give him a little shake. If you don't know him, that was really weird. Okay, like, it was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. They prayed immediately. They prayed out loud. They prayed in unity. They knew who they were praying to. And what did God do as soon as they prayed? He answered immediately. And I believe it was because they were unified with one voice. There's, I wanna make you three promises today and then I'm, we're gonna pray and we're gonna worship. This is three promises I wanna make you. If you turn to the Lord, which means repent of your sin, the turning from your own ways, picking up your cross and following Jesus, this is what happens. Number one, I think it's gonna be on the screen behind me. God will shake your life loose of everything that does not bring him glory. If you have been saved and you have encountered Jesus, you know that this is true. If, you're, if you are in here today and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is a great place to be on a Sunday morning. 
You can come in as long as you want and listen as long as you want. And my prayer is that you would know that we are praying for you, that we're believing for you, that we believe the gospel transforms lives to this day, that the power that resurrected Jesus from the grave is still present today. It's a good place to be. God will shake loose everything that doesn't bring him glory. Your life will be shaken in the best way possible. Number two, God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And number three, God will give you the ability to speak with great boldness. Now, some of y'all, you're having flashbacks to that time in a world calm. Knees weak, arms are heavy, vomiting on the sweater already, mom's spaghetti, okay? Like, you're nervous, right? That was an Eminem quote, okay? You're, ner- you're thinking like, speak with great boldness. I can't even just speak. Better yet, with boldness. Now, great boldness? No, I know when you truly turn to the Lord, he gives you what you can't give yourself. Great boldness. We've got to get the word of God inside of us, church. I've been talking about this since we've moved here. Well, Seth, you're always talking about the Bible. It's my job, okay? The Bible, it is not just for Sunday. It is for your Monday through Saturday. And my prayer is that God would move so much in your home and in your life group and your workplace that when we come on Sunday, we got something to celebrate. We got to get the word of God inside of us. It's alive and it's active. It is sharp. When you read it, it reads you. Y'all, listen, this is everything. We have to get the word of God inside of us. I've been telling you, if you come and you want me to give you enough bread to get through the whole week, you are sadly mistaken. Because I definitely don't preach that good. Okay, like you need the word of God every day. Can somebody say amen? It's gonna give you life. It sustains you, it keeps you going. Y'all, I've said it a million times, pick a place, set a time, and don't leave that place until joy hits your spirit. Turn on a worship song open the Word of God, download the Bible app. There's so many plans and devotionals. If you need any of these resources, we will give them to you. Spend time with the King of Kings. The most important meeting of your day should be the one with the Lord. The world does not need any more Christians throwing around the Word of God in their own strength and their own understanding. The world does not need any more Christians that are dried up. We need some people to speak with great boldness. Can somebody say amen? We need people to have a fire burning on the inside of them. Now, every place you go, it's like things are ignited and and something's different about them. But I can tell they've been with Jesus. That's my prayer. Great boldness in this original text. This is what it means. Don't miss this. This is everything. It is the ability to tell it all. Great boldness, that's what this means. It's the ability to tell it all. Well, tell what? Tell it all everything. Can you imagine having that kind of confidence in your job, in your family? Can you imagine not having fear and doubt when it comes to sharing the gospel, sharing love, sharing your testimony with great boldness, telling it all? I joke around with my testimony. I tell you all pieces of it. I want to tell you a piece of it today. I, I got radically saved in college for any visitors that were here. I got, I got saved, uh, I think it was like my junior year of college. I got tricked into going to New Life Church. Actually, merch really did, it got me to church. I showed up to buy one of those little $5 jail watches they had. You could get them out of like the toy machine and it had the little logo in it. I thought it was so cool. I was coming to get a watch and then I was, I was leaving. A cute girl asked me to stay, so I stayed. 
okay, bad intentions, but I heard the gospel. And then I show up to a retreat, I get radically saved, and immediately I come home. My first assignment, we talked about it two weeks ago, God always will heal the, the, the most hurting place in your life. I had a father wound. My dad walked out on us when we were young. I love my dad, I respect my dad, I honor my dad. And he, he was released from prison shortly after I got saved. My first assignment as a believer was to forgive my dad. And from that day, I felt like the Lord said, if you can do this, I can trust you with anything I ask you to do. And so I said yes to ministry. I'm kind of second guess that sometimes. And, and uh, especially Saturday nights, you know, getting ready to preach to y'all because y'all are very intimidating people. And, uh, and I, get, I get saved. I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't know anything about church. I don't, even, I don't know anything. And so I go into these Bible classes with people who are, are far ahead of me. And, and I got asked to share my testimony at the Baptist Ministers Association. There was 350 Baptist pastors in Arkansas. And, and I was playing baseball at the time. I had a mullet. Um, it was beautiful. And uh, I was praying about bringing it back. And, uh, you know, I don't know. And Samson, I, you know, I, I don't know. And so I go to, to share at this church to all of these pastors, men of God, and, and, and I was so scared because I'm thinking they're gonna make fun of, I don't know anything. Have y'all ever felt this way? Like, I don't know enough. I don't know what to say. I don't know what not to say. I, I said a lot of those things. And so I hid in the bathroom and acted like I was sick. Acted like I was sick. I was in there. They came in there and looked for me and they found me. I was like a little kid hiding. <laughs> and they said, it's time for you to talk. And so I get out, I go speak. And I, y'all, I mean, I get up there and I, I, I'm pretty sure I made a fool of myself in front of all these men of God. I have this long, beautiful flowing mullet and, <laughs> and I just prayed. I, I, right before I got up, I was like, God, I really stink at this. This is the one thing we talked about that I would never do. And here we are, you know, <laughs> speaking to people and I don't look the part, I don't sound the part. I'm convinced I'm not even all the way safe. I was like, God, like, are you sure? And, then, and but, I, but what I know is true is I, I was like, God, will you fill me with your spirit? Because I'm terrified. I don't know what to say. I don't even know how to end the message. Do I pray for pastors? Are all of them saved? Like, what do I do? <laughs> Raise your hand if you may need Jesus. You know, all of y'all are in ministry. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. So I just got up there and made noises. Like, he filled me with great boldness. I was like a man on fire. I preached to pastors like no one in the room knew who Jesus was. And this is what I said is, I don't know all the word of God. I can't quote a lot of scripture, but what I can tell you is I've been with Jesus, that he radically transformed my life. He changed everything about me. He changed the way I talk. He changed the way I walk. He changed everything. And I'm desperate for everyone to hear about this God. I don't really know what else to say. I don't know how to pray. See you later, you know? <laughs> and I share my story. That's not how I ended. I think I prayed. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all, the time is now. Don't wait to be used by God. Can somebody, y'all, we need to awaken. Let God breathe life into you today. Casual Christianity is so far in the past. We need people on fire for the gospel. And that's my prayer. That's why we moved here. And that's every day that I speak, I'm going to speak like a man who is dying to other people who are dying because that is the truth. We need Jesus. I need Jesus. 
says that all the believers were one in heart. This is what we planned on preaching about today. And one in mind, and no one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything that they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work within them all that there were no needy persons among them. And from time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them and they brought the money from the sales and they put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. I, I, I highlighted this because I do wanna draw attention. There has been people in the last 10 months in this church, I'm not gonna say names, people who have sold houses, sold land and said, I'm funding the kingdom of God. When it's time to build a building, let's build it. When it's time to plant a church, let's plant it. We want people to be saved. That, it's happening. It's hap we're seeing this stuff happen. I've been shocked. Are you sure? <laughs> you, you sold what to give to the, what do you, what? It's happening. Reunited. And it feels so good. My prayer is that we would get this inside of us and that when we leave here on Sundays, that people would want to be in the presence of God because they've been in the presence of you. But we're in a world where people are in the presence of Christians and they don't want anything to do with God. Man, I wanna be different. We gotta run to God in prayer. Pray immediately, pray boldly, pray in unity. Remind ourselves who God is. He is powerful. And with great boldness, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will give you the ability to share what needs to be said. That's my prayer. I wrote a prayer today. Actually, I wrote it last night, but I'm gonna share it today. And I, I wanna read this. I don't often do this, but I wanna read this. We're gonna end up sharing this so that you guys can pray this in, in days to come. But across the room, if you wanna, you keep your eyes open or you can close them. We're gonna pray this prayer. And then we're, we're gonna worship together. It says, dear God, you are worthy of praise, honor, and glory. And if you agree with this, let's go ahead and practice. If you agree, you can say yes. You can say amen. You can agree. That's what the church, that's what they were unified in belief. We come before you today humbly in need of your grace praying for the power of your Holy Spirit to fill us today. We ask you for forgiveness in all of the ways that we've wandered so far from you. We need your healing and your grace. We need your guidance and your leadership. We need your love and compassion. We are desperate to have a move of God in Northwest Arkansas. We are desperate to have hope restored in us. Thank you, Lord for reminding us that you are always faithful, that you're constantly working on behalf of your children, powerfully, gracefully, completely drawing us close to you. Forgive us, Lord, for drifting from you. If you're here today and you've drifted from God, pray this, forgive me, Lord, from drifting from you, for being taken in by all that the world has to offer and, and allowing other things to become more important than you are in my life. We bring to you the places that are hurting, the places that are broken. You know the pain that we've carried, all the burdens and the cares of this world. You know where we still need to be set free. We, we pray for your healing. 
and your power to cover every broken place in this region, in the state of Arkansas. We pray for you to renew our hearts again. God, help us live fully aware, to not be casual in our Christianity, to choose wisely, to live above reproach, to stay close to you, to be anchored in the truth of the gospel and your word, God. Thank you for your great love and mercy. Thank you that you patiently wait for us to return, even when we run from you, Lord that you call us to yourself and you strengthen us in our weakness. Wake us up today, God. Remind us to live again. Remind us of our purpose. Remind us of your plan. Breathe into every person in this room. Revive us in your presence. Renew us in your arms. Redeem the time we've wasted and allow us to listen to the word of God with good soil. We ask for a spiritual awakening in your presence. Change us, God, from the inside out. For We pray for great boldness. Stretch out your mighty hand to heal. Perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. We pray that the enemy's plan to silence the name of Jesus would be crushed today and forever. We pray that by your spirit living and breathing through us, that we would be light and be love in a world that so desperately needs your hope. Draw people to know you as Savior and Lord. Shine your light and push back the darkness. Nothing is impossible with you, God. The same power that broke the chains, the same power that raised the dead, the same power that healed the sick, the same power that parted the seas, and the same power that raised you from the grave is alive in us today. If you agree, say amen. Thank you, Lord, for reminding that you're always with us. You have not forsaken us. You have not lost control. Even when the world seems uncertain and we face opposition, we see it as an opportunity. All of your purpose and all of your plan will prevail. You are mighty and we believe and we trust in you, in your world, we, in your word. We know you're gonna heal, heal this world, Lord. We need you now more than ever. Our times and our lives are in your hands. As we make room for you today, come and have your way. Breathe on us, ignite us, and help us burn bright. In Jesus' name, amen.